Good morning, everyone. This is Minister McMillan. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for watching over us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for looking after us and our families, for helping those of us, Lord, who weren't feeling well, who've been under the weather, those who are laid up in the hospitals, Lord, uh, those, Father, who are crying out unto you. Oh, Lord, thank you, Father, for answering prayers, Lord. Thank you for comforting those, Lord, who are going through uh, situations, Father. Lord, we give you all honor and praise, Almighty God. And, Father, we ask that you go for us today and make all our paths straight and continue to guide us and our families and those Lord, who are coming unto you at this very minute. Father, we ask, Almighty God, that you would go before us today in this word and help us, Lord. Help us with this word to understand it and to put it in our lives, to walk with these things, Lord, to help others as well, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your guidance. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for being so gracious unto us, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Okay, everyone. As promised, uh, I apologize in advance for yesterday. Um, I was reading Malachi, and I did go over it, and I was stumbling over quite a few words under dim lighting. And also, I wasn't feeling that great myself. <clears throat> I'm beginning to feel a little better today. But, um, you know, uh, just following my father's orders here. So, uh, today, as promised, <clears throat> I am coming to you from the book of Tobit, which is one of the books that I spoke about that is not in your usual Bible. Um, Tobit is a book that uh, they considered not to be, at the time they were putting the Bible together, uh, they didn't consider it to be, I guess, important enough for it to make the cut. However, uh, in the uh, Jewish Bibles, Tobit is definitely in there, and it is important. Uh, Tobit is <clears throat> in the, if you were to follow it in the Bible, would be right after ne <clears throat> Nehemiah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, <clears throat> still got a little cold. <clears throat> okay, um, the title, um, well, well, as we get into it, you'll see. Okay, the tale, <clears throat> chapter one, the tale of Tobit, son of Tobil, son of Ananel, son of Adul, son of Gabel, of the lineage of Asil and the tribe of Napatili. Now, 
Uh, for those of you who remember, Okay. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I had to reach over to get something. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> oh boy. I can see. Just bear with me for a second. <clears throat> So if it sounds like I have something in my mouth, <clears throat> I do. <clears throat> I am. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> um. Let's see. Uh. Napatilli, as you remember, we were going over who the Napatillians are today, okay? And uh, most Napatillians are Simonians or Hawaiians, okay? So those your Napatillian tribe. And that's who we're referring to. <clears throat> In the days of uh, Shalmaneser, king of Asia. He was exiled from Tisbe. He was exiled from Thisbe, which is south of Kedash. Napatil is Upper Galilee, above Hazar, some distance to the west north of Shaphat. Tobit had walked in the path of truth and in good works all the days, all the days of my life. And I have given much in alarms to my brothers and followed country folk, exiled like me in Nivea, in the country of Assyria. Okay, so he is one of the people that was taken away to Assyria. In my young days, when I was still at home in the land of Israel, the whole tribe of Napatili, my ancestors broke away from the house of David and from Jerusalem. Though this was the city chosen out of all the tribes of Israel for their sacrifices, here the temple, God's dwelling place, had been built and hollowed for all generations to come. 
All my brothers in the house of Napatili sacrificed on every hilltop in Galilee to the calf that Jeroboam, king of Israel, had made at Dan. Often I was quite alone in making the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, fulfilling the law that binds all Israel perpetually. I would hurry to Jerusalem with the first yield of fruits and beasts, the tide of the cattle and the sheep for shearings. I would give these of the priests, the son of Anna, for the altar. To the Levites ministering at Jerusalem, I would give my tithes of wine and corn and oil and pomegranates and other fruits six years in succession, I took the second tithe in money and went and paid it annually at Jerusalem. <clears throat> now, I want you to notice, this is why I say these books are important. They fill in the blanks, okay? Now, he's telling you that he's one of the tribes that broke away from Judah and Israel. Why? Why did they break away? Because of what was going on, or did they not agree? Okay, now remember, we, were re we read how some of the tribes broke away and left. And now here you're getting a bird's eye view of one of the tribes that uh, one of the tribes that was spoken of, Napatili. But this young man, unlike everyone else in the tribe, still goes back to Jerusalem and still does his tithes. How many tithes does he do? He does two. He does the first tithe with his first fruits. Now his first fruits is what he's produced on the land. Then his second tithe is monetary tithe, is money, okay? See, I took the second tithe in money and went and paid it annually at Jerusalem, one time a year. You hear that? One time a year, not several times a year, one time. And I said this comment the other day about tithing. Tithing is not monetary. Tithing is your first fruits. Now, here in the Western world, people don't look at it like that. People look at everything as a monetary value. And so they produce money. But it doesn't have to be money. It can be food. It can be clothes. Books. Time. Okay? Something that you really care about. Something that you love. And you're willing to share it. Something that you made with your hands. That you created. Okay? It's one time a year that you come before God 
with your money. All right, let's move on. Um, I gave the third to orphans and widows and to the strangers who live among the Israelites. Now, you hear what he said? I gave the third. So he gave three, not two. He gave three. And as I said, he gave third to widows and offerings. All right. I brought it. I brought it them as a gift every three years. Okay, so every three years he would give to the widows, uh, to the poor. He said, I give to orphans and to the widows, to strangers. That's every three years. When we ate, we obeyed. <clears throat> we obeyed both the ordinances of the law of Moses and the ex exhortations of Deborah, the mother of our ancestor Ananel. Now, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Deborah, but we can go over Deborah later on. Uh, for my father, and had died and left me an orphan. When I came to man's estate, I married a woman from our kinsfolk whose name was Anna. She bought me a son whom I call Tobias. When the banishment into Assyria came, I was taken away and went to Nivea. All my brothers and the people of my race ate the food of the heathen. But for my part, I was careful not to eat the food of the heathen. And because I had kept faith with my God, <clears throat> my, <clears throat> with my whole heart, the Most High granted me the favor of Shalmaneser, and I became the king until this, until he, until his death, I used to travel to Midia, where I, where I uh, transacted business on his behalf, and I deposited sacks of silver worth ten talents with Gabel, the brother of Gabrius at Regus in Media. On the death of Shalmanzer, his son, Sennacherib, succeeded. The road into Media were barren, and I could no longer go... <clears throat> 
I could no longer go there. In the days of Shalmanzer, I had often given alms to the people of my race. I gave my bread to the hungry and clothes to those who lacked them, and buried, <clears throat> and I buried when I saw them. I'm sorry. And I, yes, and I buried to those who lacked them, and I buried when I saw them, the bodies of my country folk thrown over the walls of Nivea. Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> As you can see, I'm still under the weather, so I apologize. I'm <clears throat> trying hard, people. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, let's move on. We're on chapter 18. I also buried those who were killed by Sennacherib. When Sennacherib was beating a disorderly retreat from Judea, after the king of heaven had punished his blasphemous, he killed a great number of Israelites in his rage. So I stole their bodies to bury them. Sennacherib looked for them and could not find them. A Nivianite went and told the king, it was I who had buried them secretly. When I knew that the king had been told about me and saw myself being hunted by men who would put me to death, I was afraid and fled. All my goods were seized, and they were all confiscated by the treasury. Nothing was left of me but my wife, Anna, and my son, Tobias. Less than 40 days after this, the king was murdered by his two sons, who then fled to the mountains of Akarath. The son, as, as hardened, succeeded. Ahaka, the son of my brother, Anil, was appointed counselor of the Excor for the kingdom and given the main ordering of affairs. Aka then interceded for me and I was allowed to return to Nivea since Aka had been chief cupbearer, keeper of the signet, administrator and treasurer under Sinarub, king of Assyria, and as a Hayden had kept him in office, he was a relation of mine. He was my nephew. In the reign of Esther Harden, there, therefore I returned home, and my wife Anna 
was restored to me with my son Tobias. At our feast of Pentecostal, the feast of weeks, it was a good dinner. I took my place for the meal. The table was brought to me and various dishes were brought. I then said to my son, Tobias, go my child and seek out some poor, loyal-hearted men among our brothers exiled in Nibia and bring him to share my meal. I will wait until you come back, my child. So Tobias went out to look for some poor men among our, our brethren. But he came back again and said, Father, I replied, what is it, my child? He went on, Father, one of our nations has just been murdered. He has been singled and then thrown down in the marketplace. He is there still. I sprung up at once and left my meal untouched, took the man from the marketplace and laid him in one of my rooms, waiting until sunset to bury him. I came in again and washed myself and ate my bread in sorrow, remembering the words of the prophet Amos concerning Bethel. I shall turn your festivals into mourning and all your singing into lamination. Now, remember how we said that some of the books of the Bible are not in right arrangement. Okay, so this here lets you know Amos, the prophet, is not in the right arrangement. Um, and we've said this before. If you read, and this is why I say these books help you to understand, they tie in where the book's approximation should be. So we're talking about Tobit, and Tobit is before, as I said, Tobit is before Nehemiah. So somewhere before Tobit, possibly between him and Nehemiah, was Amos because he knows about Amos. He's talking about Amos. But in the regular Bible, uh, Amos is much further on, almost at the end of... <gasps> excuse me, almost at the end of uh, the New Testament, okay? So, I'm sorry, almost at the end of the Old Testament. Um, and so, as you can see, listening to Tobias, uh, to Tobit, I'm saying Tobias, Tobias is his son. Listening to Tobit, you see that Amos must have been before him. And he's right after uh, he's right after uh, Nehemiah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Let's move on. And I went when the the sun was down. I went and dug a grave and buried them. My neighbors laughed and said, "See, he is not afraid anymore." You must remember that a price had been set on my head earlier for this very thing. Once before he had to 
Months before he had to flee, yet here he is, beginning to bury the dead again. That night I took a bath, and then I went to the courtyard and lay down by the courtyard wall. Since it was hot, I left my face uncovered. I did not know that there were sparrows in the wall above my head. Their hot drippings fell into my eyes and caused white spots to form, which I went to have treated by the doctors. But the more ointment they tried me with, the more the spots blinded me. And in the end, I became completely blind. I remained without sight four years. All my brothers were distressed on my behalf, and Akia provided for my upkeep for two years until he left for Elamis. My wife and I then understood woman's work. My wife, Anna, then undertook woman's work, sorry. She would spin wool and take cloth to weave. She used to deliver whatever had been ordered for her and then receive payment. Now on the seventh day of the month of Dasrus, she finished a piece of work and delivered it to her customers. They paid her all that was due and into the bargain presented her with a kid for a meal. When the kid came into my house, it began to bleep. I called to my wife and said, where did this creature come from? Suppose it has been stolen. Let the owner have it back. He have no right to eat stolen goods. She said, no, it was... It was a present given me over and above my wages. I did not believe her and told her to give it back to the owner. I felt deeply ashamed of her. To which she replied, what about your own arms? What about your own good works? Everyone knows what return you have had from them. Then then sad at heart, I sighed and wept and began this prayer of lamination. You are just, O Lord, and just are all your works. All your ways are grace and truth, and you are the judge of the world. Therefore, Lord, remember me, look on me, and do not punish me for my sins or for my needless faults, or those of my ancestors. For we have sinned against you and broke your commandments, and you have given us over to be plummet, to captivity and death, to be the talk and the laughing stock and scorn of all the nations among whom you have displeased us. Uh, you have dis you have dispersed us, and now all your decreases are 
are true. When you deal with me as my faults deserve, and those of my ancestors, for we have neither kept your commandments nor walked in truth before you. So now, do with me as you will. Be pleased to take my life for me, so that I may be delivered from earth and become earth again. Better death than life for me, for I have endured groundless insults and am in deepest sorrow. Lord, please, Lord, be pleased to deliver me from this affliction. Let me go away to my everlasting home. Do not turn your face from me, O Lord. Better death for me than life prolonged in the face of unrelenting misery. I can no longer bear to listen to insults. <clears throat> it changed on the same day that Sarah, the daughter of Rigel, Rigel, who lived in Mead at Rekbantana, also heard insults from one of her father's maids, for she had been given in marriage seven times. And Ashmedas, the worst of demons, had killed her bridegroom one after another before, before ever they had slept with her as man, as man with wife. The servant girl said, yes, you killed your bridegrooms yourself. That makes seven already to whom you have been given, and you have not once been in luck yet. Just because your bridegrooms have died, that is no reason for punishing us. Go and join them, and may we be spread the site. Okay. Let's see what this is. Okay. I'm missing something here. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to read this again. So now that I've missed something here. All right, I'm going to go back to the servant girl said, yes, you kill your bride's groom yourself. That makes seven already to whom you have been given, and you have not once been in luck yet. Just because your bridegroom have died, your bridegrooms have died, that is no reason for punishing us. Go and join them, and may we be spared the sight of any child of yours. That day she grieved, she sobbed, and she wept, went up to her father's room, intending to hang herself. But then she thought, suppose they were to blame my father, they would say, you had an only daughter whom you loved, 
and now she has hung herself for grief. I cannot cause my father a sorrow which would bring down his old age to the dwelling of the dead. I should do better not to hang myself, but to beg the Lord to let me die and not live to hear any more insults. And at this, by the window, with outstretched arms, she said this prayer. You are blessed, O God of mercy. May your name be blessed forever, and may all things you have made bless your everlasting. And now I turn my face, and I rise my, raise my eyes to you. Let your words deliver me from earth. I can hear myself insulted no longer. O oh Lord, you know that I have remained pure. No man hath touched me, and I have not dishonored your name or my father's name in this land of exile. I am my father's only daughter, and he has no other child or heir. He has no brother at his side, nor he has any kinsmen left for whom I ought to keep myself. I have lost seven husbands already. Why should I live any longer? If it does not please you to take my life, then look on me with pity. I can no longer bear to hear myself refrained. This time the prayer of each of them found favor before the glory of God. <clears throat> and Raphael was sent <clears throat> Raphael was sent to bring remedy. For those of you who are wondering who Raphael is, Raphael is one of the angels. You have Gabriel, you have Michael, Raphael, and uh, we will go over the angels. We will go over the, uh, the, the devils as well. You have the angel realms and you have the demon realms. Okay, there are seven each, seven, uh, seven heavens and seven realms in heaven and seven realms in hell. Okay, remember, uh, the adversary always mirrors what the kingdom of God is. Because, as you know, he wanted to take the kingdom of God and that's why he was cast down. So, it would only be a following stance that he would uh, try to make his kingdom like God's kingdom, okay? All right, uh, let's move on. <clears throat> okay, uh... So God calls Raphael and was sent to bring Rimini to both of them. He was to take the white spots from the eyes of Tobit so that he might see God's light with his own eyes. And he was to give Sarah, the daughter of Raguel, as bride to Tobias, son of Tobit, and to rid her of Ashmedus, the worst of demons. For it was to Tobias before all other suitors that she belonged by right. 
Tobit was coming back from the courtyard into the house at the same moment as Sarah, the daughter of Ragu, was coming down from the upper room. <clears throat> the same day, uh, Tobit remembered the silver that he had left with Gabel at uh, at Rags and Media, and thought, I have come to the point of prayer for death. I should do well to call my son Tobias and tell him about the money before I die. He summoned his son Tobias and told him, When I die, give me an honorable burial. Honor your mother and never abandon her all the days of her life. Do all that she wants and give her no reason for sorrow. Remember, my child, all the risk she ran for your sake when you were in her womb. And when she dies, bury her at my side in the same grave. My child, be faithful to the Lord all your days. Never entertain the will to sin or to transgress his laws. Do good works all the days of your life. Never follow ways that are not upright. For if you act in truthfulness, you will be successful in all your actions, as everyone is who practices what is upright. Set aside part of your good for, uh, for alms, and never turn your face from the poor. And God will never turn his from you. Measure your arms by what you have. If you have much, give more. If you have little, do not be afraid to give less in arms. Okay, did you not hear what he just said, everybody? So we can put this tithing and offering to rest. Tobias is is giving you an example of how you are to give your offerings, okay? And this is why I said at the beginning, Tobias is one of the books that helps us to understand what some of the other books in the Bible spoke about. It should have been included, but certain people didn't think it was important, or they may have not wanted that in there because they didn't want it to be known, okay? So, this is why, as we go along, you will see the importance of these books. I'm going to read this again for those of you who didn't quite get that, okay? This is an example of how to pay your alms. Set aside part of your goods for almsgiving. Okay? Never, never him your never turn your face from the poor. And God will never turn his from you. Measure your alms by what you have. If you have much, give more. So if you're well endowed, if you're rich, or you're doing okay, you know, you're not fending from, 
day to day. You're not starving. You're not, you should be giving more. Okay. Now listen to what he says. Measure your arms by what you have. If you have much, give more. If you have little, do not be afraid to give less in arms. So many people out here that don't have is afraid of not giving what they can give if they have it to give. You understand? There, I've been in this situation myself when I first started. I didn't have. And I would give beyond what I had, which was great. It's great in the Lord's eye that you're giving that. However, it's not great in situations when you put your own self in a situation. Then the Lord has to dig you out of that situation. Okay? When you give past your means that you don't have, it's a sacrifice. And what are you sacrificing it for? If you're, if it's a seed you're laying down, that's the different thing. But if it's just you're giving it just, just so that nobody says anything, nobody looks at you, looks down on you, or you're feeling like, well, I got to give more because everybody else is giving more. No. No, 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 not if it's going to uh, put you in a situation where you can't pay your bills. You can't buy food. No. All right, let's move on. So doing, you may lay up for yourself a great treasure for the day of necessity. For almsgiving. <clears throat> delivers from death and saves people from passing down to darkness. Almsgiving is a most effective offering for all those who do it in the presence of the Most High. My child, avoid all loose conduct. Choose a wife of your father's stock. Do not take a foreign wife outside your father's tribe. Because we are the children of the prophets. Remember Noah and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, our ancestors from the beginning. All of them took wives from their own kindred. And they were blessed in their children and their race will inherit the earth. You too, my child, must love your own brothers. Never presume to despise your brothers, the sons and daughters of your people. Choose your wife from among them, for pride brings ruin and much worry. Idleness causes need and poverty, for the mother of famine is kindled. Do not keep back until the next day the wages of those who work for you and pay them at once. Now, 
Tobias is telling his son to marry his own people. Do not marry outside strangers, okay? Now today, in this time, I have been doing some research on this. And when God's word is put forth, it's put forth. Now, I took my own family and I went back and I checked who did they marry. Mm. And I saw where they had married uh, different nationalities, uh, different races. My family, like many families in the Americas, is very mixed. And as I went down the line, I began to investigate, are they part of the tribes? And to my astonishment, they were. It blew me away. And that's what really set my feet on the path of uh, continuing. You should Try that with your families. Just go down the line. If you run into uh, uh, groups of people um, <clears throat> uh, like Germans or French or um, uh, uh, Ireland or Scotland, it's tricky because you have to find out the... Um, I don't want to say tribe. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a tribe, but you have to find out what part they're from in order for you to fit the pieces because not everybody from there is. Some are and some aren't. Remember, the Lord said they're scattered all over the world. So when you start getting into those areas, you have to um, kind of go with the fine-tooth comb, so to speak, to find it out. But I found out that this was uh, so true. Uh, what he said is still prevalent today in our society. Okay? All right. Just wanted to um, shake a couple of trees out there, uh, get you guys moving. You know, check your family tree. You don't need to go through uh, these companies that's offering uh, to find your family tree and all that. You can do it yourself. Um, it takes a little bit, but as you go, it's interesting and it's a great project for your family, especially for your children. Okay? All right. <clears throat> Let's move on. Um, okay. <clears throat> All of them took wives from their own kindred, and they were blessed in their children, and their race will inherit the earth. You too, my child, must love your own brothers. Never presume to despise your brethren and sons and daughters of your people. And our people have a bad way of doing this. And this is something that was instilled in us, those of us who were here in the Americas, 
uh, in North America. This was instilled in us during slavery with all the bondage and the beatings. And, and this is something our people have to break away from. Uh, they're very um, watchful and picky about their brethren. Um, because of what was done. And so this is something that we need to address here in North America with our people. Uh, it has, has, and it had and still has devastating effects. We need to cut the cord on this and get back to just what Tobit is saying. And I'm going to read it again. Um, you too, my child, must love your own brothers. Okay? Never presume to despise your brothers, the sons and daughters of your people. Choose your wife from among them. For pride brings ruin and much worry. Idleness. You hear this, everybody? For pride brings ruin. You're so prideful. Oh, you know, look at me, what I'm doing. I got this, I did that. Ah, eventually, you're not going to have nothing. It's going to fall apart. And much worry. Of course it does, because you're always worrying about who's trying to take who is trying to take what you have? Who is trying to make you look bad? Okay? All right. Idleness causes need and poverty. All right? So work. Work your best so that you're not in poverty. For the mother of famine is idleness. Do not keep back until next day the wages of those who work for you and pay them at once. If you serve God, you will be rewarded. Be careful, my child, in all you do. In all you do, well-disciplined in all your behavior. Do to no one what you would not want done to you. Do not drink wine to the point of drunkenness. Okay, everyone? Do not let excess be your traveling companion. Give your bread to those who are hungry and your clothes to those who lack clothing. For whatever you own in plenty, Devote a portion to the Almighty. Devote a portion to almsgiving. And when you give alms, do it ungrudgingly. Be generous with bread and wine on the graves of upright people, but not for the sinners. As advice of every wise person, never scorn any profitable advice. 
Bless the Lord God in everything. Beg him to guide your way and bring your paths and purposes to their end. For wisdom is not the prop the prop wisdom is not the property is not the property of hold on wisdom is not the property of every nation <clears throat> their desire for what is good is is conferred by the lord and his way and his will he lifts up or he casts down to the depths of the dwelling of the dead. So now, my child, remember these precepts and never let him fade from your heart. Now, my child, I must tell you, I have left ten talents of silver at Gabel, son of Gabrius of Ragu and Midia, sorry, do not be afraid, my child. If we have grown poor, <clears throat> you have great wealth if you fear God. If you soon if you soon every kind of sin, and if you do what is pleasing to the Lord your God. Okay, I'm going to stop here for a minute. And we're going to pause for a commercial, and then we will be right back. Okay, everyone, we're back. Okay. We were reading chapter 4. Now we are going to read on into chapter 5. Tobias then replied to, to his father, Tobit, Father, I shall do everything you have told me, but how am I to recover the silver from him? He does not know me, nor I him. What, to what token am I to give him for him to believe me and hand the silver over to me? And besides... I do not know what roads to take for this journey into media. Then Tobit answered his son Tobias, Each of us set his sig signature to a note, which I cut in two, so that each could keep half of it. I took one piece and put the other with the silver. Uh, to think it was to to think it was twenty years ago, I left this silver in his keeping, and now, my child, find a trustworthy traveling companion. We shall pray him for his time. We sh sorry, we shall pay him for his time until you arrive back, and then go and collect the silver from Gabel. Tobias went out to look for a man 
who knew the way, who knew the way to go with him to Midia. Outside he found Raphael, the angel, standing facing him. Though he did not guess, he was an angel of God. He said, where do you come from, friend? And the angel replied, I am one of your brother Israelites. I have come to these parts to look for work. Tobias asked, do you know the road to Media? And the other replied, certainly I do. I have been there many times. I have knowledge and experience of all the ways. I have often been to Media and stayed with Gabel, one of our kinsmen who lives at Red Goose in Media. It usually takes two full days to get from Ekbatana to Rakes. Rakes lies in the mountain of Ekbatana, is in the middle of the plain. Tobias said, wait for me, friend. While I go and tell my father, I need you to come with me, and I shall pay you for your time. The other replied, good, I shall wait, but do not be long. <clears throat> Tobias went and held his father. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Tobias went and told his father that he had found one of their brothers brother Israelites. And the father said, fetch him in. I want to find out about his family and tribe. I must see if he is going to be a reliable companion for you, my child. So Tobias went out and called him friend. He said, my father wants you. The angel came into the house. Tobit greeted him, and the other ans and the other answered, wishing him happiness in plenty. Tobit replied, "Can I ever be happy again? I am a blind man. I no longer see the light of heaven. I am sunk in darkness like the dead who see the light no more. I am a man buried alive." I hear people speak, but cannot see them. The angel said, take comfort. Before long, God will heal you. Take comfort, Tobit said. My son Tobias wishes to go to Media. Will you join him as his guide? Brother, I will pay you, he replied. I am willing to go with him. I know all the ways. I have often been to Media, and I have crossed all of its plains and mountains, and I know all its roads. <clears throat> Tobit said, Brother, what family and what tribe do you belong to? Will you tell me, brother, what does my tribe matter to you? The angel said. Tobit said, I want to be quite sure whose son you are and what your name is. <laughs> the angel said, I am Azarus, 
son of the great Anias, one of your kinsmen. Welcome and greetings, brother. Do not be offended at my wanting to know the name of your family. I find you are my kinsmen. Now, people, this is another thing that has happened that is of great distress and dishonor. And there is a price to be paid. <clears throat> when our people were brought to the various countries and dispersed. Okay. Especially here in North America. Families lost their names. Families were pulled apart. So you don't know who's who. It wasn't until the last, I'd say, 20 years when the people started making the move to find who they are, okay, that families began to reestablish themselves. And even today, people are trying to connect themselves with family members here and abroad. Okay, during this time, a name was important. Your name told who you were, where you were from, and the stock, what your family was made of. Because <clears throat> if you carried a certain name and you didn't act accordingly, you were either flogged by your parents, flogged by the flogged by the people in your tribe, flogged by the nation, or tortured by outsiders. Okay? So your name was very important. People are beginning to find out today that your name is very important as to who you are. It, it, it is your makeup, okay? All right, let's continue. I find you are my kinsmen of good and honorable line, see? Honorable line. I know Ananias and Nathan, the two sons of the great, Shemaiah, they used to go to Jerusalem with me. We have worshipped together there, and they have never strayed from the right path. Your brothers are worthy men. You come of good stock. Welcome. Ye went on. He went on. I encourage you at a drama, drama. Uh, drachma. I engage you at a drachma a day with the same expenses as my own sons. Complete the journey with my son and I shall go 
beyond the agreed wage. The angel replied, I shall complete the journey with him, and do not be afraid. On the journey outward, all will be well. On the journey back, all will be well. The road is safe. Talbot, <clears throat> Talbot said, belongings on you, brother. Uh, Talbot said, blessings on you, brother. Then he uh, turned to his son, my child, he said, prepare what you need for the journey and set off with your brother. May God in heaven protect you abroad and bring you back, uh, bring you both back to me safe and sound. May his angel go with you and protect you, my child. Tobias left the house to set out and kissed his father and mother. Tobit said, a happy journey. His mother burst into tears and said to Tobit, why must you send my child away? He is not the, he is not the staff of our hands as he goes about before us. Surely money is not the only thing that matters. Surely it is not as precious as our child. The way of our, the way of life God had already given us was good enough. He said, do you think such thoughts? Going away and coming back, all will be well with our child. You will see for yourself when he comes back safe and sound. Do not think such thoughts. Do not worry on their account, my sister. A good angel will go with him, and he will have a good journey and come back to us well and happy. <clears throat> The boy left with the angel, and the dog followed behind. The two walked on, and when the first evening came, they compelled beside the tigress. The tigress sea, right? <clears throat> Which was still in existence at this time. Hello, everybody. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> now. One of the reasons why I don't think this book was placed in the Bible was because I believe that man couldn't fathom that an angel would walk with a man and the man not know it. But people, I just want to say to you today, there walks angels among us. They are around us when we need them. They are there. I myself can attest to that. I have seen for myself angels at several, several different points in my life. Taking the form of men and women. Okay? So this does happen. But at the time that, again, at the time that this 
Bible was being put together, the pages, to make it into one big book like this. Um, I do not believe that man thought this was possible. So I do believe that this is one of the reasons why this particular story was left out of the Bible. <clears throat> okay, let's continue. And by the way, before I start again, I just want to say, had Tobias had his vision, I do think Tobias would have uh, picked up on it. But the fact that Tobias was uh, blinded, he could only go by the voice, see. All right. Uh, let's um, continue. The boy had gone down to the river to wash his feet when a great fish leaped out of the water and tried to swallow his foot. The boy gave a shout and the angel said, catch the fish, do not let it go. The boy mastered the fish and pulled it onto the bank. The angel said, cut it open and take out gal, heart, and liver, and set these aside and throw the entrails away. For gal and heart and liver have curative properties. The boy cut the fish open and took out gal and the heart and the liver. He fried parts of the fish for his meal and kept some of the salt and kept some for salting. Then they walked on again to gather until, together until they were nearly in Midia. Then the boy asked the angel this question, Brother Azarus, what can the fish, fish's heart, liver, and gal cure? He replied, you burn the fish heart and liver, and their smoke is used to, to, is used in the case of a man or a woman plagued by a demon or evil spirit. So the heart and the liver chases off evil spirits. And such affliction disappears for good, leaving no trace. As regards the gal, this is used as an eye ointment for anyone having white spots on his eye. After using it, you have only to blow on the spots to cure them. Then entered Media and had nearly reached Ekabana. They entered Media and had nearly reached Ekabana when Raphael said to the boy, Brother Tobias, 
Yes, he replied. The angel went on, tonight we are to stay with Gregu, who is a kinsman of yours. He has a daughter called Sarah, but apart from Sarah, he has no other son or daughter. Now you are her next of kin. She belongs to you before anyone else, and you may claim her father's inheritance. She is a thoughtful, courageous, and very lovely girl, and her father loves her dearly. You have the right to marry her. Listen, brother, this very evening I shall speak about the girl to her father and arrange for her to be betrothed to you. And when we come back from Ragu's, we can celebrate the marriage, I assure you. Ragu has no right whatever to refuse you or to betroth her to anyone else. That would be asking for death, as prescribed in the book of Moses, once he is aware that kin, kinship gives you the preeminent right to marry his daughter. So listen, brother. This very evening, we shall speak about the girl and ask for her hand in marriage. When we come back from Red Goose, we shall fetch her and take her home with us. Tobias replied to Raphael, Brother Azarus, I have been told that she has already been given in marriage seven times and that each time her bridegroom has died in the bridal room. He died the same night as he entered her room. And I have heard people say it was a demon that killed them, and this makes me afraid. To her, the demon does not harm because he loves her. But as soon as man tries to approach her, he kills him. I am my father's only son, and I have no wish to die. I do not want my father and mother to grieve over me for the rest of their lives. They have no other son to bury them. The angel said, Have you forgotten your father's advice? After he urged you to choose a wife from your father's family, Listen then, brother, do not worry about the demon. Take her. This very evening, I promise she will be given you as your wife. Then once you are in the bride, bridal room, take the heart and the liver of the fish and lay a little of it on the burning incense. The reek will rise. The demon will smell it and flee. And there is no danger that he will ever be found near the girl again. Then before you sleep together, first stand up, both of you, and pray. Ask the Lord of heaven to grant you his grace and protection. And do not be afraid. She was destined for you from the beginning. And you are the one to save her. She will follow you 
she will follow you. And I pledge my word. She will give you children who will be like brothers to you. Do not worry. And when Tobias heard Raphael say this, when he understood that Sarah was his sister, a kinswoman of his father's family, he fell so deeply in love with her that he could not no longer call his heart his own. <clears throat> okay, it kind of sounds like he was already in love with her, but he was skeptical. And, but, um, understanding that, uh, his fear was unfounded, not knowing that he was in the presence of an angel, but what the angel was saying to him, he knew was true. So, he knew it was true, and so it helped him to overcome that fear that he was having and to actually admit that he was in love with her. Okay, let's move on to the next uh, chapter seven. As they entered Ekaban, Ekbantana, Tobias said, Brother Azarus, take me at once to my brother Rugal's, and, and he showed him the way to the house of Rugal, whom they found sitting beside his courtyard door. They greeted him first, and he replied, Welcome and greetings, brother. And he took them into his house, and he said to his wife, Edna, How, uh, how like my brother Tobit this young man is. Edna asked them where they came from, and they said, We are sons of Napatili, exile in Nivea. Do you know our brother Tobit? Yes, how is he? He is alive and well. And Tobias added, He is my father. Regu leaped to his feet and kissed him and wept. And then finding words, he said, Blessings on you, child. You are the son of a noble father. How sad it is that someone so bright and full of good deeds should have gone blind. He fell on the neck of his kinsman, Tobias, and wept. And his wife, Edna, wept for him. And so did his daughter, Sarah. Rugal killed a ram from the flock, and they gave them a warm welcome. They washed and bathed and sat down to the table. Then Tobias said to Raphael, Brother Azarus, will you ask Rigal to give me my sister Sarah? Rigal overheard the words and said to the young man, Eat and drink and make the most of your evening. No one else has the right to take my daughter. Sarah, no one but you, my brother. In any case, even I am not at liberty 
to give her to anyone else, since you are her next of kin. However, my boy, I must be frank with you. I have tried to find a husband for her seven times among our kinsmen, and all of them have died the first evening on going to her room. But for the presence, my boy, eat and drink. The Lord will grant you his grace and peace. Tobias spoke out, I will not hear of eating and drinking till you have come to decision about me. Ragu answered, Very well, since by the prescription of the book of Moses she is given to you. Heaven itself decrees she shall be yours. I therefore entrust your sister to you. For now on, you are her brother, and she is your sister. Now, that's, and they don't say husband and wife. They say brother and sister because they're brother and sister through tribalship, okay? She is given to you from today forever. The Lord of heaven favor you tonight, my child, and grant you his grace and peace. Ragu called for his daughter, Sarah, took her by the hand, and gave her to Tobias with these words, I entrust her to you, the law and the ruling according in the book of Moses assigns her to you as your wife. Take her and bring her home safe and sound to your father's house. The God of heaven grants you a good journey in peace. Then he turned to her mother and asked her to fetch him writing paper. He drew up the marriage contract, and so he gave his daughter as bride to Tobias, according to the ordinances of the law of Moses. <clears throat> After this, they began to eat and drink, and Ragu called his wife Edna and said, My sister, prepare the second room and take her there. She went and made the bed in this room as he had ordered, and took her daughter to it. She wept over her and then wiped away her tears and said, Courage, daughter, may the Lord of heaven turn your grief to joy. Courage, daughter. And she went out. <clears throat> because she had done this seven times before, and each time, what happened? The daughter would wake up and find the man next to her dead, right? <clears throat> or the man would die sometime before even stepping into the room. <clears throat> okay. So this time she's telling her daughter to be courage, to have that courage. <clears throat> okay. When they had finished eating and drinking, and it seemed time to go to bed, the young man was taken from the dining room to the bedroom. Tobias remembered Raphael's advice, and he went into his bag and took the fish's heart and liver out of it and put some on the burning incense. The reek of the fish distressed the demon, 
who fled through the air to Egypt. Raphael pursued him there, shackled him, <clears throat> and strangled him, and strangled him forthwith. The parents, meanwhile, had gone out and shut the door behind them. Tobias rose from the bed and said to Sarah, Get up, my sister. You and I must pray and petition our Lord to win his grace and his protection. She stood up and they began praying for protection. And this was how he began. You are blessed, O God of our fathers. Blessed to you is your name for ever and ever. And let the heavens bless you of all things you have made for evermore. Okay, um, uh, you, it was, who created Adam. You who created Eve, his wife, to be his help and support. And from these two, the human race was born. You, it was, who said, it is not right that the man should be alone. Let us make him a helper like him. And so I take my sister, not for any lustful motive, but I do it in singleness of heart. Be kind enough to have pity on her and on me and bring us to old age together. And together they said, Amen, Amen, and lay down for the night. Ragu rose and called his servants who came and helped him dig a grave. He had thought heaven granted him he he had thought heaven grant he does not die we should be overwhelmed with ridicule and shame. When the grave was ready, Regal went back to the house, called his wife and said, will you send a maid to the room to see if Tobias is still alive? For if he is dead, we may be able to bury him without anyone else knowing. They send the maid lift up the lamp and open the door and the maid went in and she found the two fast asleep together. She came out again and whispered, he is not dead, all is well. Then Ragu blessed the God of heaven. <coughs> <coughs> Uh, 
<clears throat> Sorry about that. go back up um, to the maid. <clears throat> they sent the maid, lit the lamp, opened the door, and the maid went in. She found the two fast asleep together. She came out again and whispered, he is not dead. All is well. Then Regu blessed the Lord heaven with these words. <clears throat> you are blessed, my God. And with every blessing that is pure, may you be blessed forevermore. You are blessed for having made me glad. What I fear has not happened. Instead, you have, you have shown us your, your, bound, your boundless mercy. You are blessed for taking pity on this only son, this only daughter. Grant them master your mercy and your protection let them live out their lives in happiness and in mercy and he made his servants fill the grave in before dawn broke he took his wife to make an oven full of bread he went to his flock and brought back two oxen and four sheep and gave orders for them to be cooked and prepared preparation began. He called Tobias and said, I will not hear of your leaving before a fortnight. You are to stay where you are eating and drinking with me. You will make my daughter happy again after all her troubles. After that, take away half of all I have and take her safe and sound back to your father. When my wife and I are dead, you shall have the other half. Courage, my boy. I am your father, and Edna is your mother. We are your parents in future, as we are your sisters. Courage, my son. <clears throat> then Tobias turned to Raphael, brother Azareth, he said, Take four servants and two camels and leave for red geese. Go to Gable's house. Gable's house. And give him the receipt and see about the money. 
then invite him to come with you to my wedding feast. You know that my father must be counting the days and that I cannot lose a single one without worrying him. You see what Raphael had pledged himself to do. I am bound by his oath. So Raphael left for Regis and Media with four servants and two camels. They stayed with Gabal, and Raphael showed him the receipt. He told him about the marriage of Tobias, son of Tobit, and gave him his invitation to the wedding feast. Gabriel started counting out the stacks to him. The seals were intact, and they loaded them on the camel. Early in the morning, they set off together for the feast and reached a girl's house where they found Tobias dining. He rose to greet Gabel, who burnt, burst into tears and blessed him with the word, Excellent son of father, beyond reproach, just and generous in his dealings. The Lord give heaven's blessings to you, to your wife, to your wife's father and mother. Blessed be God for granting me the sight of this living image of my cousin, Tobit. Every day, meanwhile, Tobit kept reckoning the day required for the journey there and the journey back. The full number went by, and still his son had not come. Then he thought, I, I hope he has not been delayed there. I hope Gabel is not dead, so that no one will give him the silver. And he began to worry. His wife, Anna, kept saying, My son is dead. He is no longer among the living. And she began to weep and moan over her son. She kept saying, Alas, I should never have let you leave me, my child. You're the light of my eyes. And Tobit would reply, Hush, my sister. Do not worry. All is well with him. Something has happened, happened there to delay them. His companion is someone we can trust, one of our kinsmen at that. Do not lose heart, my sister. He will soon be here, but all she would say was, Leave me alone and do not try to deceive me. My child is dead, and every day she would go, she would go abruptly out to wash the robe by which her son had left. She trusted no, she trusted no eyes but her own. Once the sun had set, she would come home again, only to weep and moan all night, unable to sleep. <clears throat> After the fourteenth day of, of feasting that Rigol had sworn to keep for his daughter's marriage, Tobias came to him and said, Let me go now. My father and my mother must have lost all hope of seeing me again. So I beg you, Father, to let me return to my father's house. I have told you I have told you the plight he was in when I left. 
Raghu said to Tobias, Stay, my son, stay with me. I shall send messengers to your father, Talbot, to give him news of you. But Tobias pressed him, No, I beg you to let me go back to my father's house. Without more ado, Raghu committed Sarah, his bride, into his keeping. He gave Tobias half his wealth, slaves, men and women, oxen and sheep, donkeys and camels, clothes and money, household things, and so he let them leave happily. To, uh, to Tobias, to Tobias, he said these parting words, Good health, my son, and a happy journey. May the Lord of heaven be gracious to you and to your wife, Sarah. I hope to see your children before I die. To his daughter, Sarah, he said, Go now to your father-in-law's house, since henceforth they are as much your parents as those who gave you life. Go in peace, my daughter. I hope to hear nothing but good of you. As long as I lived, he said, goodbye to them and let them go. Edna, in her turn, said to Tobias, dear son and brother, dear son and brother, Dear son and brother, okay, um, Okay, uh, um, I lost my place, I'm sorry. Um, to Tobias, he said these parting words, Good health, my son, and happy journey. May the Lord of heaven be gracious to you and to your wife, Sarah. I hope to see your children before I die. To his daughter Sarah, he said, Go now to your father-in-law's house, since henceforth they are as much your parents as those who gave you life. Go in peace, my daughter. I hope to hear nothing but good of you as long as I live, he said. Goodbye to them and let them go. Edna, in her turn, said to Tobias, Dear son and brother, 
May it please the Lord to bring you back again. I hope to live long enough to see the children of my daughter, Sarah, before I die. In the sight of the Lord, I give my daughter unto you, unto your keeping. Never make her unhappy as long as you live. Go in peace, my son. Henceforth, would I am your mother, and Sarah is my sister. May we all live happily for the rest of our lives. And she <clears throat> kissed them both and saw them set. Uh, she kissed them both and saw them set out happily. Tobias left Regal's house with his mind at ease. In his gladness, he blessed the Lord of heaven and earth, the king of all that is for happy issue of his travels. He gave this blessing to Ragu and his wife, Edna. May it be my happiness to honor you for the rest of my life. <clears throat> Chapter 11. They were nearly at Cashman, opposite Nivea, when Raphael said, You know the plight in which we left your father. Let us go on ahead of your wife and prepare the house ourselves while she travels behind with the others. They went on towards Raphael. Uh, they went on together. Raphael warns Tobias to take the girl with him, and the dog followed them. And Anna was sitting, watching the road by which her son would come, and she was sure at once it must be he, and said to the father, here comes your son with his companion. Raphael said to Tobias before he reached his father, I give you my word that your father's eyes will open. You must put the fish gall in his eyes. The medicine will smart and will draw a, a filmy white skin off his eyes. And your father will no more be blind but will be able to see the light. The mother ran forward and threw her arms round her son's neck. Now I can die, she said. I have seen you again, and she wept. Tobias rose to his feet and stumbled across the courtyard through the door. Tobias came on towards him. He had the fish's girl in his hand. He blew into his eyes and said, steady, and said, steady him. Take courage, father. With this, he applied the medicine, left it there a while. Then, with both hands, peeled away a filmy skin from the corners of his eyes. Then his father fell fell on his neck and wept, and he explained, I can see you, my son, the light of my eyes. And he said, Blessed be God, 
Blessed be his great name. Blessed be all his holy angels. Blessed be his great name forevermore. For having afflicted me, he has had pity on me. And now I see my son, Tobias. Tobias went indoors, joyful, blessing God at the top of his voice. Then told his father everything, how his journey had been successful and how he had brought the silver back and how he had married Sarah, the daughter of Ragu, and how she was following him now close behind and could not be far from the gates of Nivea. Tobit set off to the gate of Nivea to meet his daughter-in-law giving joyful praises to God as he went. When the people of Nivea saw him walking without a guide and stepping with, stepping forward as briskly as of old, they were astonished. Tobit described to them how God had taken pity on him and had opened his eyes. Then Tobit met Sarah, the bride of his son Tobias, and blessed her in these words. Welcome, daughter. Blessed be your God for sending you to us. My daughter, blessings on your father. Blessings on my son Tobias. Blessings on yourself, my daughter. Welcome now to your own house in joyousness and in blessedness. Come in, my daughter. The day brought joy to the, to the Hebrews of Nibia, and his cousin Akra and Nadab came to share in Tobit's happiness. Okay, I'm going to pause for a minute. Uh, we have uh, another commercial break, and... We'll be back in a few minutes. Okay, everyone, we're back. <clears throat> All right. Uh, when the welding feast was over, oh, excuse me. When the wedding feast was over, Toby called his son Tobias and said, "My son, you ought to think about paying the amount due to his fellow traveler. Give him more than the figure agreed on." Father, he replied. How much am I to give him for his help? Even if I give him half the goods he brought back with me, I shall not be the loser. He has brought me back safe and sound, and he has cured my he has cured my wife. He has brought the money back too, and now he has cured you as well. How much am I to give him for all this? Talbot said, he has richly earned half what he brought back. 
So Tobias called his companion and said, Take half of what you brought back in payment for all you have done, and go in peace. Then Raphael took them both aside and said, Bless God, utter his praises before all the living for the favor he has shown you. Bless and exalt his name and proclaim before all people the deeds of God as they deserve and never tire of giving him thanks. It is right to keep the secret. Is it right to keep the secret of a king? Yet right to reveal and publish the works of God as they deserve. Do what is good, and no evil can befall you. Pray with fasting and alms and uprightness, and better than riches with iniquity, better to better to practice almsgiving than to hoard up gold. Almsgiving saves from death and and forgets every kind of sin. Those who give alms have their fill of days, and those who commit sin and do evil bring harm on themselves. I am going to tell you the whole truth, hiding nothing from you. I have already told you that it is right to keep the secret of a king, yet right to to reveal in a worthy way the words of God. So you must know that when you and Sarah were at prayer, it was I who offered you supplications before the glory of the Lord and who read them so so to when you were burying the dead, when you did not hesitate to get up and leave the table to go and bury a dead man, I was sent to test your faith. And at the same time, God sent me to heal you and your daughter-in-law, Sarah. I am Raphael, one of the seven angels who stands ever ready to enter the presence of the glory of the Lord. Remember what I said earlier about the seven realms, seven angels. Okay? <clears throat> All right. Uh, they were both overwhelmed with awe. They fell on their faces in terror. But the angel said, do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Bless God forever. As far as I am concerned, when I am with you, my presence was not by any decision of mine, but by the will of God. He is the one whom you must bless as long as you live. He, the one that you must praise. You thought you saw me eating, but that was appearance and no more. Now bless the Lord on earth and give thanks to God. I am about to return to him 
who sent me from above. Write down all that has happened. And he rose in the air. When they stood up again, he was no longer visible. They praised God with hymns, and they thanked him for having performed such wonders. Have not an angel of God appeared to them? And he said, Blessed be God, who lives forever, for his reign endures throughout all ages. For he both punishes and pardons. He sends people down to the depths of the underworld and draws them up from utter destruction. No one can escape his hands. Declare his praise before the nations. You who are the children of Israel, for if he had scattered you among them, there too he has shown you his greatness. And stole him before all the living. He is our Lord, and he is our God, and he is our Father, and he is God forever and ever. Though he punishes you for your iniquities, he will take pity on you all. He will gather you from every nation, wherever you have been scattered. If you return to him with all your heart and with all your soul, behaving honestly towards him, then he will turn to you and hide his face from you no longer. Consider how well he has treated you. Loudly give him thanks. Bless the Lord of justice and extol the King of the ages. I, for my part, sing his praises in the country of my exile. I must, I make his power and greatness known to a nation that has sinned. Sinners return to him. Let your conduct be upright before him. Perhaps he will be gracious to you and take pity on you. For a pity on you. I, for my part, extol God. And my soul rejoices in the King of, of heaven. Let his greatness be on every tongue. His praises be sung in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, holy city, God has scourged you for what you have done, but will still take pity on the children of the upright. Take the Lord as he deserves and bless the king of the ages that your temple may be rebuilt and joy within you. Within you, he may comfort every exile. Notice he says, and your temple may be rebuilt. He's not speaking of the church. He's speaking of you as a person individually. Okay. <clears throat> and within you, he may love all those who are distressed for all generations to come. 
A bright light will shine over all the regions of the earth. Many nations will come from afar away, from all the ends of the earth, to dwell close to the holy name of the Lord God, with gifts in their hands for the King of Heavens. But then you, generation after generation, will proclaim their joy. And the name of her who is elect will endure through the generations to come. Cursed be any who affront you. Cursed be any who destroy you, who throw down their walls, who raise your towers, who burn your houses. Eternally blessed be he who rebuilds you. Then you will exalt and rejoice over the children of the upright, for they will all have been gathered in and will bless the Lord of the ages. Blessed are those who love you. Bless those who rejoice over your peace. Bless those who have mourned over all your punishment, for they will soon rejoice within you. Witness all your blessingness in the days to come. My soul blesses the Lord, the great King, because Jerusalem will be built anew and his house forever and ever. What bliss if one of my family be left to see your glory and praise the King of heaven. The gates of Jerusalem will be built of sapphire and of emerald and of all your walls of precious stones. The towers of Jerusalem will be built of gold in their embattlement of pure gold. The streets of Jerusalem will be paved and the rubies and the stones from Ophir. The gates of Jerusalem will resound with songs of exhortation, and all her house will say, Alleluia, blessed be the God of Israel. Within you they will bless the holy name forever and ever. <clears throat> Nibia died when he was 120 years old and received an honorable burial in Nibia. He had been 62 when he went blind, and after his cure, he lived in comfort, practicing almsgiving and continually praising God, exalting his greatness. When he was at the point of death, he summoned his son Tobias and gave him these instructions. My son, take your children and hurry away to Media. Since I believe the word of God pronounced over Nibia by Nahum, everything will come true. Everything happened that the immersities of God, the prophets of Israel have predicted against Assyria and Nibia. Not one of their words will prove empty. It will all take place in due time. You will be safer, safer in Media than in Assyria or in Babylon. Since, since I, for my part, know and believe that everything God has said will come true, 
so it will be, and not a word of the prophecies will fail. Now, <clears throat> so you see the misalignments of the Bible right now. So again, uh, we just finished Nahum a little while ago. And so Tobias, Amos, and Nahum, they're all in the same area. The stories are aligned with each other because he has already spoken. He has already said these things to the people. Tobias is still alive, and he's telling his son once he passes to get out of Nivea. Now, we know at first Nivea listened to God, but then in Nahum, by the time Nahum came along, Nibia wasn't listening again, and the Lord decided to bring destruction upon Nibia. And so this is at the point where uh, Tobit is dying, and he's telling his son Tobias to leave. Okay? All right, let's uh, finish up. Um, since I, for my part, know and believe that everything God has said will come true, so it will be, and not a word of the prophecy will fail. A census will be taken of our brothers living in the land of Israel, and they will be exiled far from their own fair country. The entire territory of Israel will become a desert, and Samaria and Jerusalem will become a desert. And the house of God for a time will be laid waste and burnt. Then once again God will take pity on them and bring them back to the land of Israel. They will rebuild his house, although it will be less beautiful. It will be less beautiful than the first. We just read that, did we not? Absolutely. Uh, until the time is fulfilled. But after this, all will return from captivity and rebuild Jerusalem in all her glory. And the house of God will be rebuilt wherein, <clears throat> wherein her as the prophets, as Israel has foretold. And all the people of the whole earth will be converted and will revere and will reverence God with all sincerity. All will renounce their false gods who have led them astray into error and will bless the God of ages and uprightness. All the Israelites spared in those days will remember God in sincerity of heart. And they will come and gather in Jerusalem and thereafter dwell securely in the land of Abraham, which will be theirs. And those who sincerely love God will rejoice. And those who commit sin and wickedness will vanish from the earth. And now, my children, I lay this duty on you 
serve God sincerely and do what is pleasing to him and lay on your children the obligation to behave upright, to give alms, to keep God in mind, and to bless his name always sincerely. And with all this, and with all their might, so then, my son, leave Nivea and do not stay here. As soon as you have buried your mother next to me, go the same day, whenever it may be, and do not linger in this country, wherein I see wickedness and privity unashamedly triumph. Consider, my child, all the things done by Nadab to his fourth to his foster father Akika who uh what um was not Akika forced to go underground though still a living man but God made the criminal pay for his outrage before his victim's eyes since Akika Akika came back to the light of day while Nadab went down to everlasting darkness in punishment for plotting against Akika's life. Because of his good works, Akika escaped the deadly snare Nadab had laid for him, and Nadab fell into it to his own ruin. So, my children, you see what comes of almsgiving and what wickedness leads to. I mean to death, but now breath fails me. They laid him back on his bed, and he died and was buried with honor. When his mother died, Tobias buried her beside his father. Then he left for Midia with his wife and children. He lived in Ekitan with, uh, with Regu, his father-in-law. He treated the aging parents of his wife with every care and respect and later buried them in Ekitan in Midia. Tobias inherit, inherited the patrimony of Red Ghoul, besides that of his father, Tobit. Much honor he lived to the age of 117 years before he died. He witnessed the ruin of Nivea. He saw the Niveites turn prisoner and deposit to Media by Saxius king of Midia. He blessed God for everything he inflicted on the Nivianites and the Assyrians. Before his death, he had the opportunity of rejoicing over the fate of Nivea, and he blessed the Lord God forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so now you understand why the book of Tobit is important to us okay all right we are going to 
uh, stop here. And um, as promised, ladies, and today, <laughs> unlike yesterday, uh, I am going to quote from one of my cookbooks. <laughs> um, I do happen to have them right here by my, by me, so I should say by my bed. <laughs> As I said earlier, I haven't been, I, I wasn't feeling well, and so <clears throat> I am uh, basically sitting in my bedroom. Okay, uh... Let's see. Oh, excuse me. Okay, ladies. Um, an old-time favorite that a lot of people do at this time of the year is the uh, red velvet coconut, uh, red velvet, um, the red, the red velvet cocoa cake. All right. Uh, it's a half a cup of butter. One and a half cups of sugar, a teaspoon of vanilla, two eggs, one tablespoon of red food coloring. Now, ladies, um, for those of us who are um, who are uh, can't get my words together today, uh, who are health conscious, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, those of us who are health conscious, uh, you can use beet juice uh, rather than red food coloring, okay? You can use about a cup. It'll make it very red. You can use about a cup of beet juice. Uh, if you don't want to use that much, use a half a cup, okay? Two cups unsifted all-purpose flour. One fourth cup of Hershey cocoa, one teaspoon of salt, uh, one cup of buttermilk or sour milk. Sour milk is like buttermilk. It's all it is is milk with a couple of drops of lemon in it. Um, one and a half teaspoons of baking soda, and one tablespoon of vinegar. Okay, and then, of course, your icing of your choice, ladies. Uh, cream your butter or margarine and your sugar and vanilla in a large bowl. Add your eggs and your food coloring, whether it's beet juice or whether you're using regular food coloring, okay? Blend together. Uh, sorry, blend thoroughly. In separate bowls, combine flour cocoa, and salt, and add alternately with the buttermilk or sour cream milk to creamy mixture. Stir baking soda into vinegar. Fold carefully into batter and do not beat. 
pour into two grease and floured nine inch round cake pans and bake at 350 degrees for 30 to 35 minutes or until the cake is <coughs> is done. And how you check that out is to insert either a toothpick into the middle to see if it's still doughy, which if when you pull the toothpick out, it'll be wet. Or you can press on it, and if it doesn't spring back, you know it's not ready yet. Cool 10 minutes once it's done. Remove from the pan once it's cool. And place on the racks, uh, on your cooling racks or on your cake plate or whatever. Frost with your frosting, okay? Um, and you can put any kind of frosting you want. Uh, you can use whipped cream frosting. That's really good. It's just whipped cream with uh, powdered sugar mixed in it uh, with a little vanilla or almond, whatever flavoring you want to put in it, other than lemon. Don't put lemon in it. Um, you can put orange in it, okay? Um, but that's actually up to you. And you whip it up until it's until it's thick uh, and uh, you don't want to beat it too much because you don't want it to get uh, watery if you beat it past the point of it looking shiny it starts to get watery and then it breaks down and it's no more good so you want to get uh, just uh, stiff so that you can spread it um, if you're doing um, uh, icing, um, nothing is sticking in my head today, I'm sorry, people, uh, you would just use confectioner sugar and butter and your flavorings, whatever flavoring you're putting, and you just whip it, and you've got buttercream, okay? That's what I was trying to think of, buttercream. Um, not French buttercream. That's totally different. That's with egg whites. Uh, some people you uh, whip up egg whites, and they put a little powdered sugar in the egg white. And uh, some use a little butter. I, I, personally, I, if I'm going to use egg white, I just use egg white. Uh, some use a little butter to um, make it richer tasting, but I that's it takes uh, it takes a lot of doing with that. So if you want to make, uh, I call it the egg white frosting. Just whip up your egg whites with a little powdered sugar, and it comes out fluffy and delicious. Okay, so that's another way. Then there's the cream cheese way, where it's just cream cheese and. Uh, confectioner sugar and your flavoring okay so those are um, different ways you can make cream for your icing and if you want it chocolate then you can throw chocolate in it um, be careful with the chocolate and the egg whites make sure your chocolate is cool not hot when you add it to the egg whites okay uh, you kind of like fold it in Okay.
Um, moving on. That was your sweets. Let's get to one of your hors d'oeuvres. <clears throat> Okay. Uh, party cheese ball. That's a good one. That's a great one. Okay. A lot of times, um, uh, we do this to out the holidays. So uh, you can pick a holiday to use this. But um, your party cheese ball. It's two packages of cream cheese softened. Or some people don't use cream cheese. Some people use the, uh, I can't think of the name of it. It's like cream cheese though, but it's got another name. I can't think of it right now. But you'll see it in the store when you go in there. Uh, one package of a sh a shredded sharp cheese. Uh, one teaspoon of finely chopped onion, uh, one teaspoon of chopped red bell peppers, two teaspoons of whisker sauce, one teaspoon of lemon juice, a dash of ground red pepper, a dash of ground red pepper or cayenne, and a dash of salt. One cup of chopped plantain pecans. Now, you don't have to use pecans if you don't like pecans. Uh, some people use, excuse me, some people use almonds. Uh, some people use pistachios. Some people use walnuts. So it's, it's up to you <clears throat> what nuts you'd like to use. And the same thing with the ingredients. You can make alterations in the ingredients if you like. Okay, uh, you're going to beat your cream cheese and your cheddar uh, cheese, sharp cheddar, in a small bowl uh, with your electric beater or spoon or whatever. Um, then you're going to mix all the ingredients except your pecans. Uh, cover and refrigerate. Refrigerate it for several hours or overnight, okay? Then you're going to shape it into a ball. And you're going to chop up your nuts. Um, some people don't, but, you know, it, you know, it, it's up to you. But I, I usually chop my nuts up and then roll uh, the cheese ball in the nuts. Some people don't. Someone just... Uh, place, uh, roll it, you know, into the nuts hole. Sometimes they don't stick, though. That's the only thing. Uh, serve with the uh, serve with uh, whatever assortment of crackers that you choose. It makes about twenty-four servings, approximately two tablespoons each. Okay. All right. So that's your cheese ball.
Okay, um, I have something called prong parcels with sweet chili sauce, okay? Um, <clears throat> so, again, I say this for those of you who don't eat prongs. You can use other meat in its place. Chicken, you can use fish. <clears throat> depends on the meat that you want to use. So one tablespoon of oil, two garlic cloves crushed, one teaspoon of grated fresh ginger, two tablespoons of chopped spring onions, uh, one pound of raw prongs or chicken or whatever kind of meat you're going to use, a half a teaspoon of fish sauce, a half a teaspoon of sugar, one tablespoon of lemon juice, two tablespoons of chopped fresh coriander, oh, excuse me, six cloves, six spring roll wrappers, okay, oiled for deep frying. Uh, sweet chili sauce, half a, <clears throat> this is how you make the sweet chili sauce. A half a cup of white wine vinegar and three-fourths cup of sugar. Four red chilies, roughly chopped. Okay? All right. Now we're going to start on how to prepare. Heat the oil in a frying pan and add the garlic and ginger and cook over low heat for two minutes. Add the spring, add the spring onion and cook for two minutes longer. Increase the heat to high and add the prongs or whatever meat you're using and stir fry for two minutes or until the color just changes. Now, of course, if you're using another meat, then you're gonna have to cook that meat long enough. The idea is to cook the meat so that it is cooked, okay? So you might wanna do, if you're using another meat, you might want to uh, cook the other meat in ahead in advance. And basically, you'll be heating it up at this point, okay? Add the prongs or whatever meat you cooked uh, and stir fry for two minutes or until the color just changes. And be careful not to overcook the prongs or they will become tough once they are deep fried, see? So, <clears throat> uh, and the fish sauce, add the fish sauce, sugar, lemon juice, and coriander to the pan. Toss through the prongs over the heat or about one minute. Further, remove the prongs from the heat and allow to cool thoroughly. And again, if you're, uh, if you're using other meats, you're just going to do the same thing with the other meats.
okay? Uh, plunge the chives into boiling water for about 10, minutes, uh, 10 seconds. Then plunge them into ice water to refresh them and dry with paper towel. Divide the prong mixture into six portions and place one portion in the center of each spring roll wrapper. Brush the edges of the wrapper with water and fold to form a parcel. Okay, to make the sweet chili sauce, combine all the ingredients in a small pan and add a pinch of salt. Heat stirring without boiling until the sugar has completely dissolved. Then bring to a boil, reduce the heat, and simmer for 10 minutes. Leave the mixture to cool. Heat the oil in a large, deep pan, deep frying the parcels one at a time, holding them with tongues for the first few seconds to keep them intact. Cook until they are golden brown. Now, you instead of the tongues, uh, you can use the ladles with the holes in it. Those are good for this too. And, you know, you got a better grip on them while they're cooking for a few seconds so they don't fall apart. Okay, cook until they are golden brown and drain on paper towel and quickly tie the chives around them. Uh, transfer the cool sauce mixture to a food processor and mix until the chili is finely chopped. Serve with the parcel. Okay. And that is that is your parcel. Again, that can be a side dish, or it could be a main dish, or it could be an hors d'oeuvre. All right. Okay. Let's move on to another recipe. Okay, for those of you who are who love fruit, okay, I have a fruit dish, very simple. Uh, it's a pear poached in dark grape uh, grape juice. Okay, uh, it's six um, bakery box pears, the brown pears, okay? Two tablespoons of lemon juice, two cups of dark grape juice, two cups of black currant juice, and two tablespoons of sweet sherry, four cloves, uh, black grapes, one cup of low-fat natural yogurt, a half a teaspoon 
cinnamon and a tablespoon of honey, okay? Core and peel the pears, leaving the stalk on. Place the pears as you peel in a bowl. Fill with cold water and lemon juice to prevent browning. Put the grapes and the black currant juice, sherry, and cloves in a saucepan large enough to hold the pears. Bring the liquid to a boil and then reduce to a simmer. Cover and cook for about 35 to 40 minutes or until tender. Remove from the heat and leave the pears to cool in the syrup. Transfer the pears and the syrup to a bowl and cover with plastic wrap. Refrigerate overnight. To serve the strength, to serve, strain the juice into a pan, bring it to a bowl, and then reduce to a simmer and cook for 10 minutes or until reduced by at least two-thirds. Cool slightly and place the pears on each plate and pour the syrup over the pears. Arrange the grape, the grapes next to the pears just before serving. Mix the yogurt, cinnamon, and honey and spoon over the pears or serve on the side. Okay? Now, if you don't want the yogurt, cinnamon, and honey, all right, you can douse it whatever uh, um, covering you want. Uh, it could be coconut cream, uh, coconut milk, uh, almond cream. Uh, it could be uh, ice cream. It could be whipped cream. Whatever your choice is. <gasps> okay. Uh, very simple but delicious dessert. Or side dish. Okay. Uh, one more. We have one more.
Sorry, guys. Let's just stop for a second. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, I was looking at something, but um, I kind of changed my mind on that. Okay, ladies, we have another one here. I was looking for one of my vegetable dishes, but unfortunately, I'm not uh, seeing anything that touches my fancy, <laughs> really. Well, um, yes, there is that. Okay, for those of you who, uh, yeah, uh, we'll do this one. This is one I've done, and we can use that at this time of year. In fact, leeks are pretty good at this time of the year. Uh, leek and potato soup, okay? Um, you're going to need, uh, well, I don't use cooking spray. I use olive oil. So for those of you, whatever uh, oil that you use, okay, you're going to need that. Uh, two leeks and a white, two leeks, white part only, diced. Uh, three cloves, garlic crushed. One teaspoon of ground cumin. Uh, one potato chopped. And 1.25 liters of vegetable stock. Or you can use chicken. Or you can use beef. It's up to you, but... If you want a straight vegetable-like soup, use the vegetable stock. Uh, a half a cup of skim milk. Lightly spray or oil your frying pan. Add the leek and the garlic and one tablespoon of water to prevent sticking. Then cook over low heat. Uh, guys, when you do this, to keep that grease from popping on you because you know when you mix oil and water what happens yeah it does it starts popping everywhere okay so put your water in first and then add your oil okay um let's see Okay, one teaspoon of water to prevent sticking. Then cook over low heat, stirring frequently for 25 minutes or until the leek turns golden. Add the tumin and cook for two minutes. Put the potatoes in a large pan with the leek mixture and stock and bring to the boil. Reduce, bring to a boil. Reduce the heat and simmer for 15 for 10 to 15 minutes or until the potatoes are tender cool a little and then puree in batches in a processor or a blender until smooth return to the pot and season 
Stir in the milk and heat thoroughly before serving. Okay? And that's your leek and potato soup. All right. Okay, everyone. That is going to be our, our program for today. Okay. Let's remember that tomorrow is uh, tomorrow we're to be what? What do we do tomorrow? Fasting. Fasting and praying, everyone. Don't forget. Uh, for those of you who are on board, I am I know that we've already done our fasting and praying for the holidays but some of us is um some of us is still fasting and praying uh for certain things. So those of you who are continue doing so and I pray that everyone will be well and doing well this holiday season. Okay, everyone. Uh, for those of you who want to contact me, it's macmillan75 at gmail.com or anchor.fm right slash linda-macmillan9. And for those of you who want to sponsor or donate, there are two buttons at the bottom of this page. Uh, if you press on them, the information will be given unto you. Okay? All right, everyone. This is Mr. McMillan. God bless and have a wonderful day.